Thanks, Garrett. <laughs> it's so awkward. I, I know it's it. so awkward. It's so Welcome to another episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast for three dudes talking about games. I'm Austin. I'm Chris. And I'm Garrett. And uh, this year we thought we'd change things up a bit and introduce a new segment. Uh, so, without further ado, here's the news. Justin Wong versus Daigo. Did you guys not have phones? Yeah, you guys I, all I have phones. Assassins, Creed Valaha. You're breathtaking. Let's get into the news. Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime performance looked oddly similar to the Smash Bros. Battlefield stage. Based on the outfits, could this be an elaborate way to bring Boo or Rihanna in as a playable character? The first ever Grammy Award for Best Score Soundtrack for Video Game Slash Interactive Media was overshadowed by the way the announcer pronounced the game. Roll the clip! And the Grammy goes to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I guess we'll have to wait till next year for games to get respect in the Grammy community. A Celeste mod that is adding 100 new levels was announced. It launches February 17th. Bungie raises $200,000 through its Bungie Foundation charity for earthquake relief in Syria and Turkey in just 24 hours. Good job, Bungie. Apex Legends Mobile will shut down on May 1st at 7pm and won't be refunding players for any real money they spent in the game. The game launched on May 17, 2022. Just a reminder to be careful when spending money on live service games. And that's it for the news. Back to you, Chris. Thanks, Garrett. This week on Hidden Doors on High Scores, we're talking about Hi-Fi Rush, uh, which is a rhythm-based action game where everything player and the enemies do um, goes to a beat the soundtrack that's in the background jumps attacks dashes blocks special moves all happen on the beats and they all get better if you like match your inputs to the beats and it's pretty interesting um <laughs> oh my god i don't even want to comment on that this is great audio content <laughs> yeah it's great podcast content for those of you at home garrett and i were both just bobbing our heads to the beat while chris talked because that's how i played this entire game and yep. it honestly it genuinely helps so first of all because the soundtrack we'll talk about in a, in a minute but the soundtrack is like actually really good and you like you know you get into it but it does help you like keep on the beat if you're if you're kind of bopping along with it too so I thought this game was really interesting. I've never really played. I don't have much experience playing beat-based games before. I know you guys have played some stuff. I mean, you've played, like, Guitar Hero and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you probably haven't played, like, Bullets Per Minute or no. any of the, or, like, Crypt no, of the no, Necro Dancer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never played any of those. So playing this was really interesting to me, um, and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's a cool concept. We should say that this game was developed by Tango Gameworks, which is the studio that did The Evil Within and The Evil Within 2. Uh, and they also released a game last year called Ghostwire Tokyo, which I have not played. It's got okay reviews. 
but I remember seeing a lot about it, but I don't know anybody who played it. So yeah, they advertised the shit out of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just heard it was bad, and then it kind of faded away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, this studio uh, was a was a Japanese developer who was like worked on some of the original Resident Evil games, and then basically he wanted to start his own studio, and then. Like, 10 years ago, it got bought out by uh, ZeniMax, which is the company that owns Bethesda. And then oh, okay. Microsoft bought that whole package last year. So this is technically a Microsoft game, basically. Well, that explains why it was released on a Game Pass. Yeah. So yeah, the I thought this was really interesting. So this game came out of absolutely nowhere. Yep. And I was really surprised. I'm like, oh, this game seems really interesting. It seems really well done. Like, why had I not heard a word about this game? And it turns out it was totally intentional. So, like, while they were developing the game in-house, they would release, you know, alpha and beta versions to, like, the people in the studio. And they were passing it around to, like, other Xbox employees and, like, Bethesda employees and stuff. And basically, like, word of mouth was like spreading like wildfire through the company being like damn this game is really fun and like you should try it and so they were like you know what i think that's a good strategy we're not going to do any marketing and essentially they announced this game at the xbox direct on january 25th 2023 and said here's the trailer for a new game by the way it's out today wow (laughs) yeah so that's why we didn't hear about it. That's why nobody was expecting this game. They deliberately did not put out any press. That's crazy because of like, man, just like how high quality this game is. And yeah. like yeah. how long it is. And like this development process must have taken a lot of time. And like there had to be, there just had to be tons of people involved in this. And I just can't believe that they kept it secret for that long. That's pretty impressive, yeah, actually. I, I don't know that anybody was, like, really sworn to secrecy as much, but they just sure, didn't they just advertise. Didn't market it, yeah. They just didn't market it at all. So unless you probably knew somebody at the studio, it's like, yeah, why would you Why would you know about this game? That's fair. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the game a little bit. Um, you play as a character named Chai, and I will say right off the bat that all the characters are, like, cookie or tea or mm-hmm. like herb based names. Which yeah, it's a lot of food puns. Yeah. Or not even puns, just food names. So you play Chai who um has been selected to like get a his busted arm fixed or something. I wasn't really clear mm-hmm. on the beginning of this game to be honest. I got distracted by the black keys playing over like the best <laughs> banger of an opening cinematic I think I've ever seen in a video game. It's so good. So I wasn't really up on the intro. I wasn't really paying attention to that so much, but uh, he like wants to be a rock star and he goes and he gets the surgery, clearly like this, you know, futuristic, like sci-fi technology place. And they accidentally install his like MP3 player in his chest, which was yeah. entirely <laughs> predictable. Yeah. And that's why like, every he sees everything to the beat like the trees you know kind of bop to the beat and all the stuff Mm -hmm. around him moves to the beat because it's like in his head and that's the character you play as for 99 percent of the game yeah (laughs) (laughs) not 100 percent of the game that's true and uh yeah so you just like kind of go along through this game and it's i thought the tutorial system in this game was really interesting in like how incremental it was and not only the increments but like how long it took to keep introducing new techniques and stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, you yeah. don't learn how to dash until, like, 
after you've beaten the first boss or parrying yeah. mm-hmm. or something like that, whatever it was. It's was wild. Yeah, I, I felt the same way, but I was, it was good because I was a little worried when I finished the first level. I was like, ooh, like this is a neat idea for a game, but it feels like it might get really stale really quickly. Like the combat's just not interesting enough. There's not enough going on. And then in level two, they introduced a new mechanic. And in level three, they introduced another new mechanic. Right, and in yeah. level four, they introduced another new mechanic. And I was like, oh, okay. Great, great job. Yeah, and it was just done in such a way that, like, I don't know, it was just cool. It was cool. There was, like, okay, like, your first thing you have to learn is, like, you have to learn this beat that we're on. Like, this BPM, and it stays at the same BPM the whole time. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of songs, a bunch of songs they licensed, a bunch of songs they wrote, and they're all at the same BPM, which I thought was pretty cool. And so, like, the first level is, you got to learn this beat, and and then we'll start introducing more and more complicated shit in after that, but... But luckily, with uh, with everything moving to the beat everywhere on screen, tons of visual aids for it, it is really easy to kind of bop your head and easily yeah. get back in if you lose it. Did yeah. you guys use the uh, the little like optional beat tracker thing at the bottom of the screen? I thought about it. I turned it on because when it got introduced, I turned it on because I was like, oh, I'm going to need to see that. And then like started noticing that in combat i wasn't looking at it and it's Mm -hmm. actually way easier to look at the screen because all like all of your peripheral vision is taken up by things pulsing to that beat so you just don't need it at all i mean you end up getting to a point where you just feel it and yeah you are you are doing something with each note and everything is on a beat and you are not missing a single movement the end of each uh battle that you have they do like a score system and one of them is how accurate you were for every beat and to get that one was the hardest to master i think but once you start yeah. getting s's on all of them you just you feel like a god at the game and any difficulty is easy because you just you just get it we were talking yeah. before we started recording about like i so i played like maybe the first hour or two of this game on one day and then the second day i played it i sat down and played just in one chunk just finished the rest of the game (laughs) and like after playing for like three hours you just get that that rhythm in your head and Mm -hmm. i don't think i missed a beat for about the lat the latter 60 percent of the game like it was insanity you just get so used to hearing it just like just doing this Mm -hmm. the whole time you just never miss anything ever um so yeah i started seeing those those s's real early on oh yeah yeah very very fun and i really by the end of the game or even by like level four or five i thought the combat was really was varied enough that i enjoyed it they keep introducing new enemies i mean yeah it is basically your your light attack heavy attack jump dash parry um and they introduce like shields and different mechanics that other allies have to deal with which makes it a little bit more interesting. Yes, you got allies you can call in, and then, yeah, so you got to figure out... They give you a bunch of combos that are kind of optional that you can, like, buy with the in-game currency, so you Mm -hmm. can, like, you do more... You get more points, basically. There's really no point other than that, but since the, you know, part of our podcast name is High Scores, I felt like that was important for us. (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely a game you can go back again and again and play for high scores on all I definitely found, like, one combo that I just, like, nailed the, you know, the button pressing on, and that's just what I stuck with for the rest of the game, you know? Like, I found that probably level three, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just doing this to every enemy. (laughs) Because it basically insta-killed all the, like 
the little guys. normal quote unquote enemies yeah. and then like it made it pretty easy to avoid attacks while doing it and i thought you know some of the stuff i did for the visual components only some of it was for the score did you see the uh cat scratch finisher move uh yep does 10 times multiplier on all your points yep <laughs> it's just gotta get up close and does a little scratch yep <laughs> amazing i did not see that yeah it, it was great. awesome uh, I thought the boss designs were pretty good. I thought the first boss was kind of lame. The big robot? Yeah, the big robot guy. Yeah. Um, and then every boss after that, I was very, very happy with. Yeah, for sure. Me too. I Mimosa loved especially. the Corsica boss fight. Oh, Corsica? Mimosa was the best. In my oh, I Mimosa. Think, uh, <laughs> I think Roke 4 was my favorite. Yeah. It, I, the fact that we all three have different boss fights. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> They're all uh, really, they're all really good. cool. They're all really they, good. They nailed it. They they're nailed the really boss good. fights. They yeah. all got jamming uh, badass combat tracks to go yeah. with them. And, and their intros are all amazing. The yeah. intros to each boss are hilarious. They all have, like, kind of slightly different art styles a little bit, which, like, the art in this game is amazing, by the way. This game yeah. looks it, incredible graphically, first of all, but, like, it's, like, it's got, like, this comic book look in certain yeah. ways it's like mostly that but then also like just a really good like some of the visuals to me the closest thing i can think of to them were like wind waker have you played have you played beautiful joe no yeah beautiful joe is very much similar animation style the animation style is like almost not anime but done like an anime in a cart saturday morning cartoon style yeah yeah yep exactly it was, it was really interesting but like there were certain parts where like some of the bosses have more of the you know like graphic novel comic book kind of yeah. element in their mm -hmm. in their cinematics and stuff and other ones were definitely more of the like low poly with weird shading kind of style like mm -hmm. that's why i liked the rogue four thing because he was like there was like way too much shading on certain parts of his like wolf robot thing and it looked so cool when you were doing that in like the brightly lit gold room or whatever and the the game is like in a low frame rate so it makes it look like that animation style yeah like uh was into the spider-verse did very oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for totally. sure into the spider-verse is actually a good comparison just because like it really quickly shifted between a lot of those things based on exactly what you were doing moment to moment mm -hmm. in the game mm-hmm yeah yeah this game uh, overall everything about this game really felt like it was like this is a labor of love like this project had somebody had really clear ideas of what they wanted to make with this game and like this this whole sort of 90s cartoon vibe obviously we've talked about the art and stuff but like the characters also feel that way like the comedy the writing the like, comedy feels... is amazing. Yeah, this there game, so I laughed out loud. There, Dude, me there too. was there a very so dated meme joke, though. <laughs> Not very dated. It's still relevant. It was funny as fuck, and I immediately, I wrote it down and underlined it twice. <laughs> I immediately just paused the game and wrote down left shark in all caps and underlined it twice. That was such a good joke, and it came out of nowhere. I laughed yeah. so hard when I saw that. I really loved the comedy in this game. It's not, it doesn't always land, but there's a lot of, I mean, they're kind of zany characters. Again, it feels kind of like a 90s 
Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Kind of zany, over-the-top characters. It wasn't painful the way that, I don't know, some animes are, where the characters mm-hmm. are, like, so ridiculous that you're just like, oh my god. Yeah, no, all the, characters, all the characters, like, genuinely, while they were, like, supposed to be caricatures, they weren't, like, unrealistic. Like, they all had motivations yeah. and backstories that were interesting and, like, it, that didn't need to be explored any more than they were in the game. But, like, you felt like these were real people whose who's actions made sense within the story. Yeah, but I agree. When with that. it came time to get to ridiculous action, the boss fights were great, and they revealed each boss to be a ridiculous character. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they should have been. Yeah, and it was great. It was great. It's this is definitely one of those things too, where like years from now, you'll be able to ask me about these bosses, and I'll be able to tell you each one of them yeah. in a way that for so many action combat games, I'd be like. I don't know. I get like there was some kind of a guy with a big sword or something. And it's like, no, I'm going to be able to tell you about Roquefort. I'm going to be able to tell yeah. you about Kale. I'm going to be. They're all so unique. The, they're all so. Yeah, cool. the boss fights feel unique. Like the Corsica boss fight, it completely changes how you play. Totally different. It's completely, game. completely <laughs> different from every other combat the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. Oh, I also really liked the joke about the Kale robot. Uh, yeah. that shows up, blows things up, and then, like, fades into the background. And Cinnamon's <laughs> like, boy, did you see the design on that thing? That really looked like it was supposed to be a, a boss. Like, somebody put a lot of time and effort into that. Yeah. It didn't even get used. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, like, an in-joke from the devs, because apparently that's exactly what it was, that's right? Sure. Yeah, they, <laughs> they designed the it as a boss, and then they cut it out of the final product. <laughs> Amazing. Dude, there were, so, there were so many good comedy moments. And not just, like, things in the like in the dialogue or like in the story like the left shark thing they obviously like made a whole gimmick out of and whatnot but Mm -hmm. like there was other little bits just here and there like there's just there's one part when you're in the it's the like the second level when you're you're in the r&d thing and you're so there's a bunch of lava you go like under this volcano there's a bunch Mm -hmm. of lava around and you're walking on this like walkway over the lava and there's a sign that says floor is suspended over lava and somebody took like a sharpie and crossed out suspended over and it just says floor is lava which was funny and there was like when you finish the r&d section so you're like going through doing these tests which are like just all these battles in the r&d and you're not like not supposed to like in the story you're not supposed to like finish them or the characters don't expect you to finish them and uh you get to the end and this little robot like rolls down a thing and it just says congrat across it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was just there was just a bunch of really silly little shit like that that was you know not like written into the game or not part of the story but i thought there were so many good jokes that just landed everywhere just i just constantly had a smile on my face was constantly giggling like it was good also just to as a, as a joke and and a great boss fight the is was his name zazu or something um uh whatever the boss of r&d uh, oh, also, yeah. the the way you beat him is by making him burn all of oh, his funding. Yeah, oh, yeah you burn, you make him burn money. his his, uh, <laughs> his budget. It? His budget, yeah. You run out <laughs> his budget. <laughs> it's great. It's so funny. What what else was there? The uh, cinnamon, the robot character who you mm-hmm. who's like one of your allies. There's like a bit where you can talk to him. It's an optional bit of dialogue, and you like ask him where his name comes from, and he says, "Oh, oh it's yeah. like whatever the acronym is, acronym is, and it spells out crap." So they just changed it to cinnamon. <laughs> to cinnamon, because <laughs> yeah. like your other characters are like peppermint and chai and cinnamon, and so he's like, "Oh yeah, my acronym is whatever," and it was it spells out crap, but it doesn't like it doesn't make it obvious. It says it like on no. the line, 
do you really have to like be paying attention to what it is the loading screen i, I just it's the first thing i wrote down the loading screen cat pooping music jokes or music notes the whole game was just so funny like you can tell they cared so much when designing every single aspect of this game it was awesome just seems like they had a lot of fun yeah making this game. yeah yeah yeah, and it comes through. It totally comes through in, in pretty much every moment of this game. Chris, you said you, you played like two hours one day and then you finished it the second day. Yeah. I, total total time to beat this game, 10 oh. to 12 hours, something I'm like gonna, that? I'm going to say 10, probably. Yeah, I'd, I mean, say, it's, I'd say even less, 8. I felt like If I you're beat good, it. maybe. Well, it's the game. I feel like the game is not that hard once you get the rhythm going. Yeah. Even if you're playing on harder difficulties, because there is a what is the highest when you beat the game you get rhythm difficulty. Yeah, you get like a, a new higher difficulty. Yeah. And I started playing that one, and it really is only difficult if you die midway through a boss fight, because you insta die if you get a D score. But when did you ever get a D score in that game? Yeah. It's just you just don't you don't lose. Yeah, if you're if you're good and if you're keeping with the beat. The beat, yeah. 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 I didn't find the game I didn't find the game like trivial. I played it in a lot of smaller chunks. Like there are some enemies, the fucking samurai, their little pattern took me quite a while to get. <laughs> but uh but I think for the most part, like most people on the normal difficulty won't have too much of a trouble with this game. I think you learn to play with the beat and then it just becomes fun to like fight through these combats on the beat. Even even on the higher difficulty, if you are doing everything, if you're doing all your attacks on the beat, you're you're, you're gonna fine. be fine. Like there's yeah. you just get into just, kind of a state of flow. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's basically yeah. just no way you can lose, especially like once you once they introduce the parry mechanic. Like parrying is busted in this game because yeah. every enemy attacks on beat, and you can only so you parry know. on beat. <laughs> so there's no possible way for you to miss parries. Yeah. So yeah. like as long as you have as long as, you, like, I got into a point, especially when there's, you know, enemies that, like, have shields and you have to wait for your ally call thing to, like, recharge. You, I would just, like, call him in and then just parry, 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 yep. parry, parry, until he's ready. And then, like, you just can't take damage if you do that. So there were bits of the combat that I could see being cheesed in certain ways. But overall, I felt like the combat was pretty excellently pretty designed yeah um especially like the later boss fights once all of the mechanics have been introduced and you've gotten used to them like that's why the rogue fort boss fight was my favorite one because it was just like i felt like i was just absolutely crushing it i was calling in every one of my allies to do different mm-hmm. things at different times you know switching be- switching between all of them i was parrying everything i was landing all my attacks i was dodging all the lasers i was like I just was crushing it that boss fight and it just it just felt so good when you're doing things right i also felt like that boss fight it felt like everything finally came together Mm -hmm. i was like Mm -hmm. i understand this game yeah 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 it was awesome which is good because you're getting towards the end right did did any of you uh attempt the tower the end game no i'd been playing for eight hours straight at that point and i needed to stop looking at a screen yeah so tell us about what happens after you beat the game after your 10 hours or so to beat the game like it unlocks a new difficulty and it unlocks like a like a score attack like challenge mode sort of thing well you unlock outfits for everyone which is great. yes very fun but <laughs> most important <laughs> i bought left shark costume and the gibson sg the red one because i own one and that's it it's the only thing i bought 
Um, so yeah, you get that. Uh, there's a little secret in each level that you can do, which is a challenge, basically. Right. Would you call it a hidden door? It is a hidden door. Ba-dum. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, but how you get the highest score in this game is you do the tower. And the tower you do, uh, it's about five random groups of enemies from like the first level. Then you fight the first boss. Then you fight random group of enemies from the second level, then the second boss. But this is all in one go. Okay. I tried to go for the achievement without healing or doing anything, and I only made it to Mimosa. It's, it's pretty hard to do all in one go. I thought it was cool that there was... It seemed like there was going to be a post-game. Like There was one yeah. point at which you, you can find one of those doors pretty easily in one of the levels, and mm. there's like an actual line of dialogue that pops up that's like, hey, what do you guys think about these doors we can't open? And they're like, hmm, guess we'll have to come back to it later. Yeah. Well, and you also notice like the, an ally helps you unlock a certain area, but you've seen that before in a previous level. Yeah. So you can go back and use that ally now to unlock those areas. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So yeah, there's, there's a good amount to do in the end game. It seems like we all pretty much enjoyed this game. I'd like to pick some nits. I have yeah. some nits to pick as well. All right, great. Let's let's start picking some nits here. You All guys right. go first, and I'll, I'll pick up. All right, I'll just go with an easy one. I did not like the music outside of the tracks that they paid for. Like, their originals, I was not a fan of. They were okay. pretty basic. They sounded like royalty-free music almost. It was, it was kind of a bummer, and a lot of the music is that. It's, it's like the, almost all of it. It's almost all that. I do think that was the point, but we'll talk about that in the music section. Obviously, you can't pay for music to cover a game. But uh, another thing, like all the tracks don't hit for me, but maybe that's just a personal preference thing. And for a game about music, I feel like every track should just slap. Well, you're wrong because they all slap. But that was really my little nick. Sometimes the platforming in this game is not very precise. Uh, and that yeah. bothered me a lot because there are some timed platform sections where you like you do a thing and you only have a certain amount of time to get across the platforms to the next thing. And it when you jump, you lose an unreasonable amount of forward momentum in this game. And uh, <laughs> that felt bad a lot. Yep, that is uh, that was my number one nit to pick okay. was just like there's a bunch of platforming stuff and it just does not work very well. No, it's fine, but it's not good. And then my other nit to pick was the the shop where you can buy new moves, new special moves, passive upgrades and stuff. Like one, I didn't feel like most of the moves or special moves were like useful because, like you said, Chris, like you kind of get into a groove and you use like two or three different combos maybe like you don't need 15 different combos in your mm -hmm. arsenal it's just it's just not useful and then having a bunch of different like special moves that you can buy it's like well i guess they just kind of look different but it's like for the most part who cares just like buy the biggest strongest one and be done with it or whichever one you think looks coolest the only like i think three of them had a higher multiplier. So if you cared at all about score, there were three of them. But there, in total, how many are there? There's... Oh, there's like, so many. Like 20? 20? But you know the yeah. thing is, like, <laughs> like, I felt like playing through this game, like, the currency that you use to buy those things was everywhere. And I still <laughs> feel like I never had enough. And I ended up buying, like, 
I bought like one comp like one combo basically and then like one special attack and then every other cent of those things went to the like the passive like the chip upgrades yeah basically and i feel like i didn't have enough and that was my well so you get most of your stuff by doing the like challenge wall the challenge mural Mm -hmm. that's where you get most of your credits from but yeah i also felt like the passive chips was a really cool idea and it takes you basically can't get the last slot until the end of the game, which by the way, four slots in the whole game for passives to slot in, which would be okay if you could like upgrade them, but upgrading them makes them take up more slots. So it's like, if you, unless you use like the really basic ones, you can upgrade those all the way and they don't take up more slots. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. okay. Like the first huh. four that they give you, which are basically useless by the end of the game interesting yeah anyway i just thought that that whole system felt really thin and like not really well fleshed out um and it just didn't give me enough options to like create cool characters and and it didn't make me feel like i was really improving my character very much yeah it was like why like this is a cool idea just make it a little more accessible and a little more useful to me and i would love it yeah so I just thought the RPG elements were also pretty lacking in this game. Luckily for me, it just didn't matter in in yeah. the grand scheme right. of the game because the moment-to-moment gameplay is fun as fuck. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about the music. This soundtrack fucks. <laughs> I wrote it down in my notes and I underlined it three times. <laughs> We slightly mentioned the opening cinematic earlier. I don't care how you feel about the Black Keys. Lonely Boy is catchy as all hell. And the intro to it is amazing. And the way they implement it in in the intro cinematic in this game was amazing. I did find it pretty funny that in a game called Hi-Fi Rush, the opening cinematic was tracked by the, the Black Keys, who, which is a band whose defining feature is that they're a lo-fi sound but after i thought of that immediately and then played through more of the game and i kind of think that was the joke because there's just so many other jokes in this game that are so intentional like i kind of think they were like that'd be ironic and and did it like that so this game has a bunch of original music and then they licensed a bunch of songs and pretty much all those songs are just for the boss fights i don't i can't remember mm-hmm. any time outside of a boss fight where they use those but so there's lonely boy by the black keys is the opening cinematic there's two nine inch nails songs in it the song by number girl was the i think this is the third boss fight i actually recognized that i couldn't i would never have been able to tell you that um but i i, I know i'd heard that song somewhere there's songs by the prodigy the joy formidable wolf wolfgang gardner swan all, all those were pretty good they didn't write any of that they just licensed them and again they're all like the same bpm as the rest of the song and they just used those for the the boss fights i did like the wolfgang gartner song i'd never heard that before it's called wolfgang's fifth symphony and it's the the rogue four boss fight song yeah that was sick and so it's like a Mm -hmm. it's like a remix of like like a mozart symphony but like techno and it was pretty cool Mm -hmm. so there are the rest of the music in the game is done by a band called the Glass Pyramids, which, as far as I could tell, is just like a Bethesda like 
in-house sound design group. Uh, I couldn't really find any information about them, and I can't tell if that was just a name they made up for this game or if they've done other Bethesda games, and it's just people who work in, in the sound department at Bethesda. Um, and then there's original music by three composers who all have Japanese names that I'm not going to even attempt because I'll butcher them, but they've all worked on Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid series, um, The Evil Within that that Tango GameWorks had done before, Ghostwire Tokyo, um, Hyrule Warriors, Monster Hunter. They they have long resumes and are pretty good composers. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't like the songs. Although I I kind of get it at the same time, they are they're made to be loopable yeah. because they just play like during the traversal sections of mm-hmm. the map, which is like of the game, which is like most of the game, and so like they just you know they play one bar or two bars on repeat over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over, and that gets a little incessant. If you're not going through the game very quickly. Also, the fact that while I think it's helpful to the player that all of the game is at the same BPM, I think it would have been more interesting if they switched it up on you. Like if they made some parts slower and some of them faster and some of them in the middle. Like it, that would have been more interesting. Or even just one level. One level that was like just a fast paced level. For sure. Just had to get into it. There are, I didn't even count how many songs they wrote that are those those middle sections but it's like basically every traversal section so there's like right between two and five of them per you know quote-unquote stage like in between each of the boss fights the stages are called tracks are they called yeah. tracks okay but which, even but that's gonna be confusing, confusing when we're talking about this. yeah yeah <laughs> there's like between two and five of those for each for each one of those tracks and then you get a boss fight with the the licensed music i thought it was i thought it was pretty good i I, you know it was uh it reminded me a lot of the shredder's revenge music actually and just in the way that it was like it was like kind of comic booky cartoony sort of how dare you bring down shredder's revenge i'm just saying it reminded me of shredder's revenge Revenge obviously was my pick for best soundtrack last year and uh it, that that music is objectively better than this music, but yeah. I like this music. Also, a lot of times the item like pickup sounds you get something gonna be like excellent. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the thing that made me make that connection. But yeah, um, it I think this game exactly is, like turtles. This yeah. game is an early contender for our year in review best music award winner because I liked all of it. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, go into final thoughts? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, I think you can probably tell we all really enjoyed this game. I'll I'll just speak for myself. I had a blast playing this game. I think if you own a PC or an Xbox, uh, getting this on the Game Pass for uh, basically for a dollar um, or even for a monthly fee of 10 bucks or whatever is totally worth your money. This game is fun. It's got heart. It's got soul. It is funny and the characters are great. The writing is great. The combat is fun. There's a few misses here and there, but like by and large, you're going to have a smile on your face the whole time you play through this game. I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, very, very fun game. So such a wonderful surprise to come out of the middle of January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
same thing what you were saying i think it's just a fun game it's funny it's not too long but i'm having a good time the whole way through for game pass if you if you have to pay 14 dollars for the game pass it's still worth it uh i how much is the game normally 30 retail? 30 yeah, 30 30 is a little steep for it but i would say just get the game pass it's it's great you'll have a fun time playing yeah i agree with you garrett i, I think 30 is a little steep i'd pay 20 for it yeah for sure without even thinking about it I, it was excellent i had a smile on my face the whole time it was you know like we're done talking about it and i just finished it two days ago and i'm gonna go explore the post game it was it was fun it was engaging and we didn't really talk about the story at all but the story is interesting and like <laughs> the you know you keep learning more about the world and you know the characters backstories are are fun and engaging and twists and turns yeah for sure <laughs> it's all it dude it looks great it's fun it's upbeat i unabashedly recommend it to anyone yeah yep same same all right well i think that's gonna do it for us here at hidden doors and high scores thank you so much for listening until next time i'm austin i'm garrett and i'm chris you can find us at hdhs gaming on all the social media platforms make sure to check us out on twitch to see what we're playing and talking about come and join us on discord we hang out and play games there every night and we're always happy to have more gamers on the server all those links will be in the show notes for this episode Lastly, if you like this podcast, tell a friend, give us a rating. Both of those really help us out, give us more visibility, and we would really appreciate it.